My name is Claire Balding. Um, I am the ringmaster, I suppose, of this roundtable discussion. Alongside me is Marcus Armitage, racing correspondent of the Daily Telegraph. Marcus, your first memory of the Derby and why it, why you think it's special? Well, the, the very first horse, I, my father trained horses, but the first name that comes into my mind from when I started to get interested in racing was as a five-year-old was Najinsky. And I remember him before any of the jumpers, all the horses we had in the yard, because we all used to get around the telly to watch Najinsky. And it was a huge shock when he got beaten. He didn't get beaten in the derby, though? No, not in the derby, but yeah. when he subsequently got beaten towards the end of the season after he'd won the Triple Crown. But he was the big horse of my childhood, really. Also with us, the, the derby's official historian, uh, Michael Church. Michael, the first, I mean, you've, you've delved into so many derbies from mm-hmm. before you were born um, that maybe some of them feel as if you were actually there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the first derby that you remember seeing? Well, seeing, I had my first bet when I was nine and it was after the war, we came back from being evacuated in Wales. We came back, there was a family reunion with 10 of my dad's brothers there and they were all talking about the derby. They weren't talking about the war in any way. So I wanted to know about this. So anyway, I had a shilling each way on Midas in 1945, he was second. Uh, the first derby I went to was 1948, which was my love, and I got a book from Woolworths, uh, a little no- a little notebook, and I painted in all the jockeys' colours that I found out, so that when I was there, I could see them in, in, in the parade because the race cards had no pictures. It just strikes me that as you're speaking, shillings don't exist anymore. Woolworths doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> race cards certainly have pictures in them of colours and the Investec Derby is still going strong. It, is, <laughs> it has stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, also with us today, Francesca Kimani, who will be presenting as part of the ITV team uh, for both the, the uh, Oaks and the Derby. It's a great two-day festival, but the Derby itself, why is it special to you? Well, I think my earliest memory of the Derby was when I was five years old and my dad won it with Kayazi. Um, it's funny, I, I think I distinctly remember being in the nursery with my brother and, and watching it on TV, although he said recently in an interview that we were in the kitchen. So maybe it wasn't a very uh, very clear memory, but it's one of those things that really does that does stand out. And just ever since I remember anything about racing, really, it's just been the Derby that stands out. Yes, we've got the Guineas and Royal Ascot and every other big highlight on the calendar, but the Derby is the race. And your dad actually won it twice. He did, actually, yeah. Ten years on from Kiazi, he won it in 98 with High Rise. I remember a little bit more about that one. I was actually in the middle of a, of a tennis match at school and thankfully my uh, my games teacher was a big fan of racing, so she let me out of the match midway and... I don't think I ever went back to the match. <laughs> I actually, I remember Kayazi's derby particularly clearly because I was there with my parents at the start and we, Dad didn't have a runner that day and we went down and just really enjoyed it at the start. And it was extraordinary because we had a little telly that we could plug into the car Quite futuristic, I think, actually. Exactly. (laughs) And so we could see the end of the race. And just a few years ago, when when Frankie won, actually, on on Golden Horn, I went to the start again. I took my nephews there because I said, this is the place you've got to watch from. But there's no screen there and we didn't have a little telly. So I couldn't. I just saw these flash of colours away in the distance. I thought, Frankie's won the derby again. But actually, if you watch all the footage, old footage back, you see all the crowd lining up to watch the start or where they go (laughs) up the hill and then starting to run across yeah. the downs to try and see them in the finish They as do, well. always. That's, yeah, there's a wonderful film called Esther Waters, uh, which sh- shows the 1895 derby, and 
they all running across, and that's part of the film, of them all running across to get to the winning post before the horses. Yeah. And it is, it's such a great occasion. It isn't like anything else. The fairground in the middle, the, the double-decker double decker buses, open-top buses, the, that exodus that always used to exist, particularly when the race was on a Wednesday, the exodus from London to get to Epsom Downs. Um, I, it's not my first memory, but obviously my first association with the Derby. The year I was born, which was 1971, my dad won the Derby with Mill Reef, who was in our, in our top ten. And my father, that, that for him is the absolute seminal moment of his life, not the birth of his first child. He forgets <laughs> that that ever happened. But that Mill Reef won the Derby in 1971. And it set him up, and he, it was very early in his training career. He knew he would never train a horse that good again. Because he went on to, you know, great successes, won the King George, won the Ark as well, first British trained winner of the Ark for over 20 years. And then in 1981, our dad had a horse called Glint of Gold, who was second to Shergar. I mean, miles back, Shergar won by a record winning distance. But I remember being allowed at school to listen to it on the radio. And, and Peter Bromley did a brilliant commentary on Shergar, oh, yeah. didn't he? It's one of the great commentaries. And then he was waiting for the mention of what, you know, what, where are the place horses? Yeah. And there's Glint of Gold. I love his bit. You need a telescope to see exactly. the Exactly. And he says it in that great, big, deep, throaty <laughs> yeah. voice. Yeah, and, and John Mathias, who wrote Glint of Gold, actually thought he'd won the derby. Did because Shergar was so far clear oh, he yeah. couldn't see it. <laughs> wow. And that's what he said in the interview afterwards, and they were really shocked, so they took him in to see the doctor and get his eyes tested. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. but, but I think it's only really with hindsight, like you would know, having grown up in that in that same environment with, with Mill Reef and my dad with the, with the two winners, that only as you get older and you realise how hard it actually is to find a horse good enough to compete in the derby, let alone win it, you realise what an achievement it is. Yeah, and I always do feel sorry for those trainers or jockeys who are beaten a short head or ahead, mm. and they know they might not get that chance mm. again. And you look at a great trainer like Barry Hills. H how many times did he have horses that were beaten in, in photo finishes? Mm. Before time second, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you think he never, he never managed to win the derby, and it's a huge deal. It really is a great day out. Um, and I first presented it for the radio in 1994. I remember running towards Willie Carson, won it on Erhub, to get the interview with him. And he was just screaming because Airhub came from a long way back and it was mm. a brilliant ride and it was very daring. And he was just screaming at the microphone, I won the derby, I won the derby. <laughs> um, and it was just great. And, and I've probably presented near, nearly every year since for either radio or television. So had a huge association. 